Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi, and welcome again, and oh boy, do I have a jam-packed show today with three gentlemen that I hope I can rein in because they're so used to talking. Let me tell you about them. This is going to be a show of three men, entrepreneurs extraordinaire, who have come together and put together a 24-hour live stream content platform with two shows. One is Mojo Five O, which you'll hear about, and the other, ooh, a cooking show, kind of, sort of, spoony, everything about food. So I want to introduce all three and tell you a little bit about them, and then I probably will have to shut up because I think they'll just take over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, first we have Doc Thompson, who uh, actually I met you, Doc, when you had me on the show and this is so crazy oh that's right yeah remember about a year and a half ago you remember Mm -hmm. what we talked about i do we talked about lasagna oh that was just a couple of minutes ago on that show no i don't recall see what did i tell you i made up the same word doc has been uh goodness for over 25 years right in yeah, it's 30. 30? Okay, yeah. well, you said it. I didn't, so that's okay. A woman would never do that. You know that. <laughs> but hosting uh, now on Doc Thompson's Daily Mojo 5.0 show from 6 to 9 a.m. That's but, Eastern time, yep. But, Doc, you're a um, political commentator, conservative. Uh, you've certainly been a guest on a lot of television shows in America's Voice News.com. Uh, you were on CNBC and The Blaze and The Glenn Beck Show and lots of awards. I read that you had seven Marconi Radio Awards from the National Association. The amount of money of in bribes it took me for that is huge, is huge. They did pay me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's accurate. That is accurate. And, and, you know, I admire someone who literally, I don't know how you do it, but can talk that much, that long. I know you probably go through five bottles of water. No, that. it's no? just, you just roll it out. I'm just at a point in my life, Valerie, just do it. You know, you're a parent. You're just like, I'll just do it. You okay. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> well, we're going to learn more about you. And then we have Chef Patrick Mosher again. A host. And he's sober today, which is nice. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, he may go through five bottles of water a day, but I go through five bottles of whiskey a week. On the I day, don't so. believe that. I don't believe that because I know you. I know you. But host and uh, actually you come up with the program you're the director as well for Spoonie yes yeah, so I'm the program director and and, uh, and the curator of Spoonie radio at 24-hour food talk radio that's amazing again 30-year executive chef turned media personality good-looking personality so far uh, we're we turned wannabe I think you're doing it you're already doing it but you also were have been consulting for many years all over the Mm -hmm. world lots in Japan and um, the restaurant the national restaurant that I love so much and you started it tell me the name of it again well I didn't start it but I was a part of Nobu I was uh, I worked at Nobu for a long time yeah if you haven't tried Nobu you need to try that and and your expertise is in the design and the food and the menu and the engineering and the operations and systems that give uh, first-time operators the chance to succeed, uh, you know, as opposed to doing it themselves. 
like from everything literally i mean when he told me everything that he did as ideation, a ideation to open basically yeah uh, with the mat on the floor and making sure that it's clean the next morning yeah and sleeping in the kitchen <laughs> most of the time yes <laughs> and then tom i think you keep these guys straight tom trost <laughs> 20 years in sales and marketing uh in marcom experience and You've had uh, lots of experience in, in the media, in the, the radio, and that's how I met you because yes. you were head of sales at mm. The Blaze where yes. you were, mm-hmm. Doc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I met these three men, and through the years of knowing them, it was fascinating to me watching you three come together and start two shows, a platform. I mean, this is so huge. Mm. So I'm just going to throw it out there and say, um, Doc, to start with, how did you come up with this idea? What gave you the guts to leave a show and start your own platform? Well, and thanks for recognizing that this was all my idea. (laughs) Until it fails, and then it was Tom's idea. (laughs) Now, it it was actually a collaborative effort. Uh, Parts of this, Tom and I started talking about uh, (laughs) years ago. Before that, Patrick and I had talked about other parts of it, and some of our other partners and I in different combinations had, um, had discussed pieces of it. And when we decided to do it, we didn't have a full grasp of what we were getting into, yeah. nor where we would go with it. And now we're here, and we're like, oh, okay. Um, I guess this is the w- area we're heading. We're heading over there. a couple there. of major understatements right there. Yeah, <laughs> some changes. I think, um, you know, my years of interviewing entrepreneurs and business owners, um, I- I've learned that it's just, um, y- you got to start somewhere. You probably will not finish where you thought you would. Mm. And you've got to be able to, to kind of roll with the changes. And that's really what we've ended up doing. So, uh, Chef, when you came into this, what were your expectations? So I actually, Doc and I have been talking about the food service side and how to combine that with media for a few years now. Uh-huh. And I was fortunate enough to get on his show a few times and it turned into a weekly segment. Uh, anyway, I, I, I wanted to do a 24-hour food talk radio platform. And I said, Doc, would you help me? And all of a sudden we, uh, we had uh, f- several other partners and we had expanded to two 24-hour platforms with uh, separate uh, separate medium or separate uh, content. Mm-hmm. And it just, it was a steamroller. We started this really February of Lab this year. Not uh, long ago. Discussing. Yeah. We, we that didn't was get our on first the, talk. Yeah, we didn't get on the air until a couple months ago. June, July, July, I yeah. guess. July or August. And, August. and I, have a, I have a passion for food. I, I just yes. love food. It's one of the few joys in my life uh, is eating. <laughs> it's all I have left, Valerie. That's <laughs> you it. Cook? Do you I cook? I do. I cook a little bit, yeah, but I eat even more. <laughs> and uh, so Patrick and I will talk about stuff, and, and he's obviously passionate about food, but I mean, just you talking about your lasagna earlier, I'm like, damn it, I want to know why. She said hers is the best. What makes it good? What's good about it? And and you uh, you asked me, did I use ricotta? Yes. And yeah. cottage cheese. Well, you use ricotta too? Okay, because oh, yeah. that's oh, the, yeah. all right. Absolutely. That's a little secret there. So you can there. see mine's the yeah, best. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll still reserve judgment okay. until... Until you eat it, yeah, that's, that's okay. I'm fishing for an invite. I'm not afraid of cooking for you. I kind of am intimidated to cook for you. He's not that good. Don't be know. afraid. Just oh. th- throw out a grilled cheese and some, can- <laughs> uh, some Campbell's tomato that's soup. Prob- I'm happy. That's I'm really probably happy. true. I hear that sometimes mm-hmm. from chefs. And then Tom, so you you had to come across uh, to advertisers uh, going out selling this thing, these things, mm-hmm. and really when you started. It, it's it was a non-entity that to me is fascinating too how did you get the word out and you've already been successful 
Yeah, so the <clears throat> challenge was not necessarily uh, selling it, mm-hmm. because I had the believability factor when I first met Doc a year and a half ago. You bet. And from that first day, we, we connected. Uh-huh. And we would sit probably at least two, three times a week when we were first working together and come up with brainstorming ideas on clients, on packages to sell clients and campaigns and how to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really work out and wasn't really accepted by our former organization. So uh-huh. when I left there and Doc said, don't go anywhere, I got something for you. And yeah. two weeks later, we were back together working. And then I met Patrick. Well, I had met Patrick also when he was uh, working with Doc earlier. So um, it was really easy from that standpoint. So I, I believed in the concept, doing something different. We saw things that we all had experienced that worked, mm-hmm. but we also saw many things that didn't work in the media business and collaborating with ourselves and our few other partners. We just felt like, you know, we have a better mousetrap. And here we are. You know, it took us four months of five months working together. And now, uh, right after Labor Day, we kicked off. And, you know, we have 15 paid advertisers and uh, growing our audience daily. So it's very exciting. Do you have the numbers yet on the audience? Uh, well, we will at the end of uh, no, well, uh, two so more could, weeks we'll have it. Yeah, we, it's it's um, in today's world, getting uh, ratings or numbers on audiences is really difficult because you get them from so many different places. That's true. There is more accuracy quite often in some of the places than it used to be. It used to be you just said, "Hey, write down who you listen to." Mm-hmm. That was really what ratings were, and it was not accurate, and there was a lot of shady <laughs> things going on across the board. But that's the best we had. Now you could determine how how often people clicked or downloaded stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't know how intently they're listening and stuff, but that's where the advertisers come in. It's really about return in, on investment when they advertise. Mm-hmm. You gave us money. We presented a campaign on the air. Did you see the return on your investment? And, right. and they do with us. We have a loyal audience. But we can give you some numbers on uh, Mojo, which is our libertarian conservative talk format. It's mojo50.com. Um, and... Just our two live shows that we have had for a couple of months, and we just expanded a couple more this week. But just those two six-hour programs are responsible for somewhere between twenty and 25,000 listeners across all the boards um, a day. <clears throat> that's pretty good. That's, that's impressive for a launch. It's, it's pretty you good. Bet. Yeah. Well, and I then Spoonie <laughs> is probably a step behind us, and we have virtually no numbers to, um, yeah. to, to report. It, we just haven't gotten them yet. Yeah. Well, and Valerie, if I can jump true. in from yeah. an advertiser perspective, their whole and Doc mentioned that it's bottom line. You know, did they get their return on investment? Mm-hmm. Doc liked to use the example where if I asked you as an advertiser, would you pay me a thousand, a million dollars, or a thousand dollars to advertise Those your are two product? Different numbers, there. right? Okay, so let's just <laughs> cut it in the middle: hundred thousand dollars, right? right? And you'll probably say no, but if I said I got you a million dollars for your hundred thousand, then you would probably say. Yes, I will, right? Uh-huh. And so Bottom I met with line. a client this morning who told me they got 4X on their advertising spend. Wow. So they're very happy. They've been with me uh, I, for the third company I've worked for. I brought them over to our former company. Now they're, they're with us at Mojo. They're on Spoonie. And he just introduced us to another advertiser, brand new advertiser, who's coming on board in January. So it's building those relationships and, and 
you know, getting results for the clients. It's well, still about relationships. Yep. Yeah, and also we're really fortunate that we have a big anchor. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Doc's been in the business for a long time. Exactly. He's been very successful for the the advertisers that he's had um, on all of his shows across all platforms. And so having that as an anchor and something that we can leverage, mm-hmm. because Spoonie's an untried, uh, it's it's unknown territory. No one's ever, no one's done. ever done it. And yeah, so right. it, be able to cross-promote that mm-hmm. one dire- unidirectionally um, and leverage the, his reach and the other show's reaches um, it really makes a big difference. So, so, so what's Spoonie different? What's a, what's different about it than the Food well, Network and some of the well, other? Uh, well, what's different? Uh, first and foremost, it's pure talk radio. Um, I mean, it's it's there. We do have some visual with it. If you watch Facebook Live, um, you can go to Spoonie Radio on Facebook. But no one else does just food talk radio twenty four seven. So no. we don't just talk food. We talk nutrition, health, um, culture, a little bit, a little bit of lifestyle business. versus business. Well, we do a lot of business because that, uh, people take uh, for granted that the restaurant industry is a social experiment. Hey, I'd love to have a restaurant so I can bring my friends in. Well, oh, it's a business. It's a hard and, business. And that's why people, you know, there's a, there's a high failure rate with restaurants. So the center of it is food. And then the right. edges, if you expand out, is, and, and this is just something mm-hmm. we're figuring out now, business, you know, for example, and like he said, health and nutrition, agriculture, all of these things with food and then culture and fun being at the center of it. But as far as what makes us different, nothing like this has been done. Whereas the Food Network, God bless them, they do a great job, but yep. they're primarily cooking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, we and we will all, do some of that, yeah, too. It's big name chefs and competitions. Or cooking competitions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got some some media, um, like print media stuff, like mm-hmm. Del, uh, Delish and um, Southern Living and there's, some others. There's Heritage, uh, Heritage Radio Network, which right. is run by um, at PBS, actually. They, they took their format that's um, cooked. Cooks, what is it in the in the uh, America's Test Kitchen, mm-hmm. which they publish uh, cooking uh, Cooks Illustrated. Mm-hmm. They took that format and they applied it to radio, and it's but they only have a few hours of programming every day, Monday through Friday, and nothing on the weekends. This is expanding it across yeah. the board. So that's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So talk to us about your show now. My show? Yes. Uh, my show is uh, pretty wild, Valerie. It's uh, pretty crazy <laughs> over the top That's there. That's why I asked you to talk about so it. So here's what we've realized. And um, I am a staunch libertarian conservative in my views, and that's now, what, what the show. Now, what does that mean? What um, does that well, mean? I think most people recognize conservative versus liberal, and, and that's you know uh, pretty well established. Libertarian is... Um, I don't care what you do, just leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, pretty much pretty it. Much. It really is. Fiscally conservative, um, but in, when it comes to social issues, it's not that you endorse them. It's like, just leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone as long as you're not infringing somebody else's rights. And that's, that's what we live in. But we've realized, regardless of what you know perspective you have on stuff, if you watch most media or consume most media, whether it's radio, print, it's, it's pretty horrible. Right now, it's there's a lot of it divisive. that is unwatchable, listenable. Yeah. It's divisive, sure, but it's not entertaining. No, that's the bottom line. So you watch on like, any side of the, on any side. side of the issue. It's disturbing. So just recently, there's been some reports that um, some of the liberal media out there that stuff that I, as far as viewpoints, wouldn't appreciate. Huffington Post, Mike.com, Vox, all of these, they're in financial trouble as well, and a lot of the conservative ones are. And the bottom line is they lost the the center focus of what all of this is, and it is entertainment. You may have strong values and views, mm. and you bring all this stuff to the table, and you're principled, and that's great. But if it's not entertaining, 
you're not even doing yourself any good if you're if you're doing it for a message mm -hmm. because you've lost your audience. Entertain number one, and if it is an entertainment platform that's based on um, bringing in revenue, if it's you know uh, it's based on capitalism mm -hmm. and it's for profit, you have to service the advertisers, and they're not doing any of that. So to answer your question, we do things different. First of all, we lead with humor. We only do four commercials an hour, and they're live commercials. So the advertiser gets a better return on their investment. Mm -hmm. um, and we are not politically correct. I realize something else in the world <laughs> that words have power when you give them power. So as much as I'm not out there in my normal regular life trying to annoy people or, or give them you know, problems, um, if you say don't use certain words, all that does is make them more powerful. And that's, more sensitive. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So we're not playing that game anymore. Come laugh at me. Let me laugh at you. Mm -hmm. We're Americans. Let's have a beer together. Let's get along. Let's leave each other alone. That's our platform. And we lead with humor. And you've been very successful for a long, long time mm. with that very thing. So broadcasting. So obviously I also came from broadcasting a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's changed. I mean, what I studied in school and what it was, uh, it, it, I don't changed. know what they're teaching now. But doesn't that make it harder also to come up with something successful like you have in this new wild, crazy world that we're living in and well you keep looking at me i've never been to broadcast school so <laughs> no, I, I was a clean slate thanks to doc i've learned i've learned it his way no it, you're uh, right but and I'm, I'm debating do i give everybody the secret all right why not um people just steal it anyway it's all cyclical it all comes around again there's nothing new under the sun it's just slight variations on the themes as these things come back around. So what works in advertising now when it comes to on-air broadcasting? Mm -hmm. It's live endorsement commercials. It's telling a story and a tale from a trusted person who wouldn't lead you astray because you've listened to them, you know, you know about them for you years. You trust them. You trust them, and they weave it into content. Mm -hmm. That's what works now, and that's what we do. Okay. That's what Johnny Carson did when he started. Oh. That's what all of these people did years ago and we went to recorded commercials. It's just come around slightly different as it always is, but there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. Now, do you take, do you, either of you take calls as they come in? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we just don't focus on it. Um, calls are um, um, frosting. It's extra. Mm -hmm. It's not the meat of what you do. It has to be us entertaining. Then we use calls sometimes to kind of spice it up. Now, I don't take a lot of calls at the moment. I do my interviews via, via a phone call mostly, but uh, later in the week, uh, after we get past the, uh, the end of the, this year, uh, I'll, I'll open up the phone lines one day a week for about a half an hour, and we'll do something fun about, you know, uh, what do I make for dinner, where they tell us what's in, they give me a list of ingredients they have at home, and I try to help them make uh, one recipe out of that that doesn't take them hours and hours. That will be fun. Well, my son calls me every other day saying, Dad, I only have this in my refrigerator. How can I, how can I, what can I make with it because I don't have any money left? And you give him good answers, the Usually, real things that you can do. He gives him answers. <laughs> Sometimes he does not comment back when I say, how was it? But uh, I'll just take it. You know, uh, Look, is it uh, silence is consent, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and Valerie, my wife will call me at 4 o'clock and say, is Patrick coming over is for coming dinner? Because I don't know what we're having tonight. Does that mean he's cooking yes, for dinner exactly. too? exactly. <laughs> what, um, what do you think is the future from your perspective, Tom, in terms of uh, – direction with advertising and and matching advertising to an evolving probably evolving shows 
Well, right now we're telling a story and we're selling sizzle because we're, as we're growing, mm-hmm. but we do have a great foundation. So we're just trying to find the right advertiser that wants to jump on board with us and enjoy the ride with us. And get success with yeah. you. Oh. Yeah. But Valerie, you touched on something that uh, Doc didn't touch on uh, as far as taking phone calls. Mm-hmm. He just completed a 12-hour phone marathon uh, mm. Two weeks ago, for business uh, for our uh, Black Friday <coughs> marathon, yeah. yeah, we give away free commercials. Sat there for twelve right. hours and took calls, and then I did a three-hour show after that. And Patrick was involved too. <laughs> and you're still talking. Oh yeah, yeah. I just did a twenty-four-hour marathon once. How do you for do charity? That? Seriously, how do you do that? Yeah, it is what it is. Again, I, you just as a parent, you just do it. How do, how do we just shut them up? Formaldehyde <laughs> and, and some rope. We set them in the corner. Kelly, when I started out as a broadcaster, I'd go in. And the studio had to be just right. I'd adjust all the lights, you know, the perfect uh, brightness. And the temperature had to be within like three or four degrees and everything perfect on the counter. And now I'm just like, where do you want me to stand? How long do you want me to talk? Okay. I can do this. All right. So let's hear from each of you how you started. uh, Mm. You know. I was born, I, whatever you want to say. But see, I think Tom has the best story. Starting out as a ballroom dancer turned exotic <laughs> dancer, and then into All sales right. is a fascinating story. But I wasn't very story. successful, so I sold advertising to, for ballroom dancing. <laughs> How did you start? Um, I started selling advertising when I came out of college and yep. stayed in that uh, industry for my whole career. Nah, I've nah, had... Nah, uh, nah, 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 hang on, I need to call foul on that. Oh, okay. He had a background in sales as a young lad, even in high school. Yeah? Yes, I knew he would sell things in high school. The legal stuff, not the other ones, uh, Tom. I did so. What was the story about soap? Oh, yeah. So, Dad, worked, he was a general manager for a production company, uh-huh. and the, they manufactured high karate soap on a rope, <laughs> if you remember that. What? Say that again. High, high karate, karate soap on a rope. Remember the Harai karate uh, aftershave and cologne? Aftershave and cologne. I'm too young. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm sorry. So anyway, this factory burned down like two weeks before Christmas, uh-huh. but the product was still good, but they couldn't sell it to retail. So they allowed myself and my two brothers to go in there and take as much soap as we could. We went to high school the next week, and we sold for a dollar bar. They were given to their parents for Christmas. So that was my start, actually. And the Thank salesman you, was born. See that? Uh, they say salespeople are born salespeople. Yeah. There you go. And I took my paper route from 50 people, 50 houses, to 72 houses in one year. <laughs> Isn't that there it is. So there you go. That's, That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chef? How did you get into being uh, a chef? I, I, I'm I grew, a foodie, too, and I can't even imagine well, doing grew, it 24-7. I grew up in a family that was very self-sufficient food-wise. My father had a, a very large garden. My grandfather lived uh, right up the road, and we, he uh, harvested cattle in the winter. And we shared it among the family along the, you know, we lived within a mile of, of each other, the entire family. Mm. And um, actually, my mother got very ill. My father passed away early. My mother got very ill and was ill the rest of her life and mm. most of my uh, life up until mid, mid-adulthood. But I grew up, there were days when I was hungry. And I think, uh, psychologically speaking, that stuck with me that I would, and I never wanted to be hungry again. That's um, so but I started working at a Sizzler Steakhouse, believe it or not, at about 14 years old in uh, Tempe, Arizona. I was a dishwasher busser. And yep. you decided then you were going to no, be a no, it, no, but it was money. It paid for gas. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, car fume and perfumes had kicked in. So <laughs> I, needed, I needed gas money to get to and from school and on dates. Uh, but that's, that's how it started out. And it, t- it tended to be a good living. And then I just fell in love with it. I actually quit a job in Japan to become a chef. So, Tell us about the Japan experience. That sounded wonderful. Well, I moved to Japan. Uh, a friend of mine that I'd gone to high school and college with, his parents owned a translation company there called TransTech International. Mm-hmm. 
And they, they asked why I'd never visited. And I just, I didn't have the money. And if I'd gone there in my youth, I'd have spent three months, spent everything I'd ever saved and come back with nothing, even not even linguistic skills. So they said, well, let me, when I was in college, they said, hey, um, why don't you come visit us? And I said, I can't. They sent a letter inviting me to come to Japan to work for them as a copywriter. And I got there and about a year later, I quit to become a chef. So I love the food so much. I just, I couldn't help myself. You just have to have a passion, I think. Thank goodness <laughs> all of us, all four of us, have passion for what we're doing, and a lot of people don't. Um, Valerie, we'll, before you go to Doc, okay. Pat, Patrick's being humble. I heard him inter- interview a Japanese uh, business in Japanese oh a couple my, months ago. Really? No, no, no. I don't yes, understand that. Talk to us a little bit. Uh, I think so. She already told you ricotta cheese and cottage cheese. <laughs> That's great. All of you are humble. Okay, Doc. Uh, I actually worked in restaurants growing up. I worked at a country club and um, a couple of other restaurants. Thought I might actually be a chef. And just, uh, I was so always so bored growing up. I just, I really? wasn't, cha- I look back now and I go, I just wasn't challenged. I was just bored. Um, got towards the end of my senior year in high school within like a couple months before I graduated. And I was like, I really should come up with a plan that everyone <laughs> else came up with and took tests a year ago. <laughs> and my mom kept saying, there's a communication school in downtown Cleveland. You got to go and visit it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. A buddy was late picking me up one day and I'm watching TV, waiting for him, code on. And I see a commercial come on for this broadcasting school. And I was like. I should really write their number down. But being lazy and bored, I was like, ah, I'll get it next time. And there just happened to be a pen and pad there, so I wrote it down. And he was still late, so I called him. I don't even know why. And it was hard sell sales <laughs> for the school to get people to go. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I was calling up. You're, you have an appointment tomorrow at noon. Be here. Well, really, I was just going, nope, you'll be here. What's your name? We know where you are. Come here. We'll come. And I was like, okay. I, guess, I mean, it was, it was pretty much that bad. And I got there, and within um, just a couple of minutes, I really started falling in love with radio. And I was like, yeah, that's what I need to do. That's well, you've it. got a radio voice, so that's kind Thank of that's yeah. kind of cool. A lot of that's just from late nights. <laughs> you know, when we talked, um, I spoke with each of you independently, and, and you each made a point that um, part of what brought the three of you together and successfully working together has to do with you're of one tribe and what do I mean by that there's a lot of books out now and talk about find your tribe and that just means it's nice when you can work with people that you know like and trust and that you have the same values and each of you shared with me not only your own values but those for the show so um, I'd love for each of you to kind of talk about you know what are the values for the show? What do you all agree on you're trying to do in terms of that? Uh, and maybe some of your own mm, thoughts about you've come to this point now in, in the industry you're in. For anybody listening, whether they want to be a talk show host or a salesperson or a chef or start a podcast, you've all experienced lots in that. What would you share with other people? So that's really two questions. Valerie, I would like to say that uh, from my perspective, um, find good people to work with and people that mm-hmm. have an expertise that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And what I like about Doc and Patrick and the other guys we work with is that we all have something a little different we bring to the table. And we don't step on each other's toes. Doc knows what he's doing. Patrick knows. They leave me alone and they leave producer Ron alone and everybody 
does a great job that way. And when we have a question about it, we can talk about it. But it's like, you're the expert. You go do it. We had, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think that low BS factor. We're all just so <laughs> tired. It's like, I will not stand for any that, of that. I like that. I'm serious. Have a we, low BS we, factor. We actually, I mean, I have never suffered fools well. But now just no BS. I don't have time yep. for drama. It's mm-hmm. whatever. And everybody gets along. But we had a potential um, uh, investor in the company. It was kind of a fringe thing, but somebody had mentioned, hey, this person may be interested in investing a little bit. And we're like, oh, okay. And someone goes, yeah, I heard that they kind of had a problem with one person that we know that something, we're all just like, done, move on. Oh, I don't no. have time Next. for it. Oh. And they were instantly ruled out. We never looked back. Mm-hmm. We've never spoken to them again. Just no BS. You know, entrepreneurs can do that. Mm-hmm. It's different when it's a corporation. And Absolutely. Sometimes there's just drama i think that's the only advantage to starting your company it's their own company it's certainly not the money it's not the fewer hours it's not the easy work it's just that you can just say i'm not working with them i'm not doing that you're wrong i'm gonna do what i want to do and fits me right or you're not right for us yeah exactly yeah i don't mean that as an inside i just mean it's not not for us i'm not dealing with it i agree yeah right yeah no i get that okay who else just chime in anyone you know um i think Make, you know, everybody thinks, well, well, what do I do? How do I, uh, you know, what do I, uh, what do I do next? Look, massive action trumps planning every time. Love that. Make a plan, Mm. take action. If the action isn't correct, shift direction a little bit, make make minor corrections, but keep going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, the the last three or four months, there have been really low spots for each one of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that was really, for me as 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 a solo entrepreneur in the past, never, I mean, I've had partners, but I've always shied away from that because it's never worked out well. Um, having partners this time was uh, a clear-cut uh, factor, de- definitive factor of me remaining in this uh, in this position, mm-hmm. in this business, and and continuing to do this because we all kind of looked around. We can tell when one person's having a bad day or week or month, and uh, make, sure we, make sure that we make sure just pile <laughs> yeah, on. Yes and no, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have someone there to even just say, "Hey, man, you okay?" Just mm-hmm. to ask if you're okay. It makes a big difference that someone noticed and that they care enough to to kind of pull you up, pull you back up by your bootstraps and. Kick you four, kick you in the butt, Good say, go, stuff. go do what you got to do. Good stuff. Well, I'll throw one in that you said but didn't really bring up at the last, which is have passion for what you do. Mm. So, okay, Tom, you said find good people to work with and then sh- mm-hmm. let each one of you do your thing, mm-hmm. right? And, Doc, no drama, no BS. No drama. You know, just be real, which is what this show is about and if you can fake that you're in yeah okay (laughs) i'm in i've been in i'm so glad (laughs) chef make a plan be ready to shift but keep going forward and ask once in a while how you doing i think all of those things are good things so (laughs) what fun i knew it would be fun and uh i want our listeners to go to mojo50 and spoonie.com and listen to these fun people I also want you to go to my website, www.valerieandcompany.com, and learn more. And there will be something free on that site for you to download and have for yourself always. I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. I think that's my... I am. I love giving. You know, Zig Ziglar said it, when you give, 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 you get, get, get. And that's the truth. So until next time, have a great week and stay authentic. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you 
with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically. <laughs>